You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. Just kidding. You are listening to literally, and I am here with you today for a solo episode. So in the last episode, you really heard me, how do I put this nice, lose my shit And it was a session I had with Lacey a couple of minutes after a big error was made in my business, you know, a couple of weeks of things. And I remember before the session started, there was a minute where I thought maybe I should calm myself down and be calm about this and professional and blah, 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 you know, all those things, which I am that for my team. I am that for my clients. I am that for family members, the internet, friends, whatever comes to my coach, I am going to let it rip. And so that is exactly what I did. And I know that when it comes to team challenges, business CEO challenges, where there's so much value in Lacey's podcast is that you really get to see the behind the scenes of that. And so I just wanted to be authentic in my experience of where I was and not try to dress it up. But Now that I'm on the other side of that colorful language, I wanted to have an episode where I dove into, you know, what are some of the real and honest challenges of building and running a team that people don't talk about enough? Because I've been running my business for almost seven years now. At the largest, my team had over 30 people. I think it was close to 35. I have several team members who have been with me for five years now. I have, you know, just seen all of it. I've seen it all when it comes to team, but for the most part, I feel really good about team. And also just like any other human, I still get pissed when things get wrong. That session was definitely a scary one to really just open up and go for it. And I remember if I'm being honest, this is how I feel after every single session finishes. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to hate me. They're going to think I'm an asshole. I promise I am not an asshole. I'm very, very nice. But anyway, moving on. So the first thing I want to kind of talk about is what to do when things go wrong, because I feel like that is the thing I can't even remember. I feel like I black out when we record the episodes, which is probably a good thing, but we probably didn't get as much into what to do when things go wrong on a high level. I'm sure that maybe Lacey did clip-ins talking about some of that stuff, or maybe they were clip-ins saying like, Sabrina's not this fucking weird, but she's kind of weird. But anyway, let's first talk about like what to do when things actually go wrong in your business. And then I want to get into some of the very specific challenges of building and running a team. So the first thing is obviously do not freak on your team when something goes wrong. I love the metaphor of a flight attendant. So when the plane is experiencing turbulence, the flight attendant is supposed to walk up and down the aisle, smile, tell people to put on their seatbelts, hand out peanuts, whatever it is. Like that's what she does. And people look to the flight attendant and then they don't freak out and everybody stays calm. The turbulence passes and it's all good. You're a flight attendant. You're also the captain. You are all of the things and you are the plane. But the big thing I would say is just remember that you are being watched by your team and people don't necessarily follow your order. They mirror energy, they mirror your actions. So 
if you're noticing that your team is continuously having issues, the first thing I'd be looking at is like, what's going on with you? Because if you're frantic or if you're super unavailable for your team, if you're not meeting deadlines, if you're not responsive to them, if they can't get a straight answer out of you, don't be surprised when things go really, really wrong. Now, the frustration that I was really having, I felt like I'm answering every question. I'm hitting every deadline. I'm super responsive. I'm having these conversations over and over and over again. So how did we get here? And fair point, valid, whatever. What do we actually do in those moments when something goes wrong? Freak the fuck out on your coach if you want to. Absolutely do not under any circumstance freak out on your team. And I think the reason for that, and we obviously want it to be like a positive, healthy, respectful workplace environment, but also I just don't think that energy is going to do anything for your team. It's just going to make them scared and it's going to make them shrink and they're not going to know what to do the next time something happens. Because what we ultimately want is that when something happens in your business, you almost find out after the fact where it's like, hey, Sabrina, we accidentally sent out the wrong email. We sent out a correction email. We've ensured the correct link and it's all good and it's handled. Okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. And they're never going to get to that point where a team member will spot an issue and fix it themselves. If every single time something goes wrong, you're losing your shit and acting like it's the end of the world. There is no such thing as a business emergency and every single thing in your business can be fixed. That's not to say it's not frustrating. That's not to say you're not going to want to scream into a pillow sometimes. But the point is that you cannot let that energy cross over into your team, which is where I was then experiencing so much of the episode is I know that people are going to listen to this. I know clients are going to listen to this and team member are going to listen to this. And that's why, yeah, it was just a bit of a mind fuck, but again, just kind of staying in my own experience. So first, as I said, like you really just want to calm, be the flight attendant, but what we ultimately want to get to is a place where we empower people to fix it themselves. So when something happens in my business, something goes wrong and a team member comes to me with that, is there any sort of immediate damage control that needs to happen? And that primarily will be the case if there is some sort of front facing aspect to the issue. So for example, I was really frustrated in the session because an email had gone out to clients. And so that's like one of those things that internally really pisses me the fuck off because I want us to be professional on our shit. Like if you're going to have a problem, I would much rather it be a fire on the back end of the business that nobody can see but that's just business, right? Like there's always going to be issues and some of them are going to be front facing. So then the question then becomes, okay, well, is there immediate damage control that I specifically need to step in and address? Or can I empower my team to fix it themselves? And when you're empowering the team to fix it themselves, there is nothing about the person and that the person did something wrong. Really the mindset that you want to have is like what went wrong with the process not the person. Did you not communicate the task clearly? Did you not put in place a quality control piece? There have been so many times in my business where something goes wrong with tech and automation. And it's not that there's anything wrong. It's that there is a bug with the software. And then we email the software. They will escalate it to the engineering team. They'll make a fix and then it gets resolved. But really just go ahead and always keep that in mind, not singling in on this person. We want to figure out what is the process. And the reason why that mindset is so valuable for you, but also for your team is that for you, you're constantly thinking about how can I build a better process? How can I build a better system? 
Because if that person had that issue, you might think if I get rid of the person, I'm going to get rid of the issue. No, person could make the exact same mistake. So you want to figure out what happened from a process perspective so that you can make that correction and then it doesn't happen again. Also helpful to be asking your team what we should kind of go do next to fix this is that they then start thinking process-wise, when this problem happens, then I do that. It's almost like a decision tree where if this, then that, they have to then think about how would I address this situation so that the next time this pops up, they can then go fix it themselves. Or the next time an issue pops up, they have some experience of talking it through with you of how you like to resolve and handle problems and how you like to handle issues so they can then make empowered decisions on your behalf. But again, really kind of keeping that perspective of it's the process, not the person. I always like to kind of ask the team anytime an issue pops up, because I think one of the default settings for team members is that when an issue pops up, obviously it feels really uncomfortable to have there be a problem. If you're worried about your job, like all of that can really be frightening, which is why for me, whenever I'm meeting with my team, I'm never talking about something that the person did wrong. I'm always focused on the process. I'm always using language like, what could we do better next time rather than like, you did this wrong. So a tip is whenever you want to give praise, be singular. So like, you did this so nicely. Whenever something goes wrong, use like collective language. I think we could have done a better job here. Like, where do you think we could have done you know, better with resolving this issue more quickly. So whenever something is bad, wrong, yucky, blah, we include yourself as part of that problem. And so what I always like to do whenever we're having that conversation, because people usually want to kind of skirt over that really quickly. Oh, it'll never happen again. Like, no worries. Sorry, move on. I totally believe you. It'll never happen again. You're so sorry. You're so awesome. We love having you. I'm wondering what we could do better process-wise to make sure this doesn't happen again, but also where could we QC check in here? So QC being like quality control. So when people are making like yogurts or whatever, there was that movie way back when on Disney Channel, I think it was like AJ and Allison Mishanka or whatever. And they were like the cowbell girls and they had all this money and then they lost all the money and like daddy had a yogurt factory and they had to go put the lids on the yogurt with the correct expiration date. I think of that a lot doing an assembly line, like every couple of things you need to check it. And the girls had messed up the date. So like they had ruined all the yogurt, but if they had just checked a couple and been like, oh, like this date is wrong, stop production, fixed it, and then kept going. Think of the cowbell yogurt girls. Like what is the quality control check I can put in here to make sure this doesn't happen? So for example, with an automation, which is kind of what happened on the session that really triggered the shit out of me. A great QC check would have been, I just loaded this automation. Could you please check for me? Yup, that looks good. So now we have two sets of eyes on it. Obviously there's more we could do, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But just encouraging people whenever there's an issue, what is the check? I think that one encourages collaboration and you know working together and all of that kind of collective thinking, but also you're much more likely to catch mistakes. And then I don't have to be the one constantly catching mistakes because multiple other people will have touched something before it ever comes to me. So you might have experienced this as a boss or as a team leader where someone will complete their task or complete their project or write their document or whatever it is. And then the immediate reaction is to send it to you for approval, which when you're running a small team, that's totally fine. I 
personally literally do not have the time to look at every single thing that my team does and make sure that it's perfect. But I trust my team, always knock it out of the park. Sometimes we, you know, miss little things. I do this all the time. I get so annoyed when I send out a CEO confessions email and I've like misspelled something or there was a word in the wrong place. So it happens. Like everybody does it for the most part, unless I'm in a rush. Before I send out my CEO confessions email, I'll have Paul read it, my husband, Paul, because he's going to catch something that I didn't because I'm looking at it too much. So have some sort of QC check, but then having all of these other people look at things, by the time it gets to me, sometimes my team will be like, this person looked at it and that person looked at it and this person looked at it and we think it looks great. I won't even look at it. I'll just say, I trust you. Let's move forward with it. And that builds up confidence, that builds up trust. But then also, again, it just creates that habit of let's have multiple people take a look at this and make it the best before we send it to Sabrina. And that's been huge and so wonderful in my business. And I think some of the issues that I was noticing that were happening in my business that I was trying to lead my team through and support them through is lack of QC checks, collaboration, and just kind of skipping over processes and you know limited bandwidth. So navigating through all of that, and again, never ever making it personal. Lots of colorful language on my session, but never bringing that to them. So let's go ahead and dive into some of the challenges quickly that I see with building and running a team. When it comes to building a team, the kind of three big challenges that I see are who to hire and when, the right people, and then going all in on your team and it not working out. So knowing who to hire and when is a big conversation that we could really devote an entire podcast season to. But if I had to really simplify it, in terms of who to hire when, I always think that the best and first person to hire a generalist VA, so someone who can do a little bit of everything. And in terms of when to hire them, I think the right time to hire someone when you're first getting started in your business is when you are spending time on other tasks away from money-making tasks. So if it's taking you away from coaching your clients, selling, promoting, marketing, all of that, that is the right time to hire. I personally know how to do almost a job in my business, except for the advanced coding. But other than that, I can do most tasks in my business. And the reason for that is when I first got started, I did not hire a VA right away. I think I hired a VA 15 months or so into my business. I started my business May, 2016. And I think I hired my first VA like July, August, 2017. So it took me a while to hire someone really got to see the ins and outs of all of my business. I think it's definitely served me as a coach because I'll have clients having issues. And it's really quick for me to troubleshoot that because I know exactly what needs to happen is really supportive for you because you know what tasks are in your zone of genius and what are not. And you can then be much more mindful about hiring someone and figuring out if they actually do have what you need. I recommend having some sort of generalist VA. As you start to scale and expand, one tip that I would advise is that when you start hiring specialists like copywriters, graphic designers, brand designers. I would recommend like starting with one, like it can be very tempting to be like, oh, I'm going to go hire eight new team members this month. And they might all be so, so awesome, but bandwidth to onboard and train them all up right away in a way that's actually going to make a difference in your business. And you're going to have so much going on that you won't have the information to figure out what is actually making a difference, like Pinterest manager or the TikTok editor. So just really figuring that piece out, I think is going to be super helpful for you. 
The second thing in terms of like hiring the right people, Lacey has said this and I totally agree with this, which is like hire for fit in terms of for the team. Like you can train for skills. I have personally had, I think maybe two or three over the last seven years, VAs upskill and turn into OBMs, like world-class fantastic OBMs. They started with me when they were writing customer service emails and by the end of it, they were running the business. They've left for various reasons, like having children, health reasons, whatever, but they were all fantastic. Like I really, really enjoyed working with them and they trained up so much. And I think the reason why they were so successful is because really fit from a personality perspective and they were really able to hang. I have three team members who have been with me the longest. They have been with me since September, 2017. I think that the reason why they are just the right people for my team, and I have many team members now who've been with me for three years, four years, whatever. I think the reason why they are so right for me is that I have also tried really hard to be right for them. Meaning as life happens and people grow and things change and all of that stuff, people's priorities are going to be different. So when I first started working with some team members, I might have been the biggest client that they've ever had. And this is so exciting. And maybe they just had their first 5k month or 10k month or whatever. But after like people totally change and their priorities change. And so what some people maybe wanted back then was a steady paycheck. Maybe what they want now is access to my other clients, like referrals and things like that. Maybe what they want is a lot of flexibility to focus on their kids, whatever that might be. I think the reason why I have been able to maintain those close relationships is that I understand that the working relationship is going to change because they're changing and I'm changing, but I really love working with them specifically and they're the personality wise for my team. So happy to make those changes and to keep supporting them in whatever it is that they want to do outside of my business. So definitely just you know, hire for fit, train for skill. And what I can also just say from seeing many times with many team members who have worked with me for a long time is they just get better and better and better over time. Like I think about, you know, I have a graphic designer who's been on my team for, I think four years now. It's definitely over three. And I think about some of the graphics that she first sent me years ago, which at the time I absolutely loved. Like they were perfect. They were on brand. They were so cute. And then I think about some of the sends me now and it just blows me away. Like how good she has gotten over the years. Like she just gets better and better and better. But that's because I took the time to pour into the relationship and, you know, give that feedback and work on creating processes and make sure that it was a good work environment for her and that it was steady and predictable and always just being very mindful of keeping it a very peaceful work environment, but also giving her all of that feedback so that her work would just get better and better and better. And then the last kind of big challenge for us to dig into a little bit today when it comes to building a team is like going all in on a team member and then it not working out. There's definitely a time to cut your losses, right? So you can't hang on to something forever. And I think for me, I will be the first to admit I really fucking suck at firing people. Like I'm nice about firing, but I definitely am very respectful when it's to the conversation and supporting them and the transition and all of that stuff. But I will be super frustrated for a really long time, not let someone go. And I will secretly manifest on quitting. And it's happened so many times. And the people pleaser in me is so happy because I didn't have to be the bitch. 
Yeah, I think I just sound more insane the more of these episodes. So I might need to cut my losses on this podcast as well. But we won't tell Lacey that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you went all in on a team member. You did the things and it didn't work out. What do you do? I think the first thing is like figuring out like what was your piece in that? Because I think that a lot of times people will say that they went all in on a team member, but actually what happened is they had these insane expectations with very little communication. People will sometimes say, I just want this person to be inside my brain, but you're not like letting them in and you're not explaining to them how you think and you're not saying why you don't like something. So sometimes people will say, I don't know why I don't like it or I can't explain why I don't like it. That's your job to figure out. Like you have to get really, really good at communicating with your team why something is great, why something sucks, why something isn't working to be improved. When you can get that sorted and just communicated super well, then it's not going to be this frantic, weird energy of I'm going to go quote unquote all in on a team member and then it didn't work out just that you weren't communicating. But let's say you're the world's best communicator ever. You went all in. It didn't work out. Figure out whatever your contract says and end that relationship peacefully and amicably. Do not create a story about how I can't trust team members. I can't hire. Every single person has had a bad hire. If you've been in business for a long time, you've had multiple bad hires. Like it's whatever, like you keep rolling with the punches. Now let's go ahead and talk about some of the challenges of actually like running the team. So there's like building it up, getting the people, and then it's like running the team. So there's a few that I want to kind of quickly touch on. So the first one is like fucking stuff up and then holding the consequences of that. So there have been times in the past where there has been a challenge. Someone did something wrong and a client gets upset and then we lose that payment plan. Or there have been times when this was one that actually annoyed the shit out of me last year. So January, 2022, and it was also December 2021 as well. We were getting ready for our annual Abundant AF launch. And we were doing our vision board party, which is like the biggest thing we do every year, the largest free event. There were three reminder emails or three emails that were supposed to go out reminding people to sign up. And it had been set up so that the only people who got the emails inviting them to sign up were already signed up. So it was supposed to be done so that those people would be excluded but instead they were the only ones who got it. And so then the consequence of that was we had our smallest vision board party ever. And I was like, what was going on? Like the year before we had 800 people live. And then I don't know what we had that year, maybe like 150 people live. Like it was so small compared to what it could have been. And like, we had spent all the ad money getting the emails, but no one was getting that invitation on our email list to sign up for the vision board party. So just holding the consequences of that. So in that case, I did make a decision to, you know, transition out some team members because this was a repeated thing that kept happening, but in a very like non-traumatic, polite, respectful way, like, hey, thank you so much for everything. I really am looking for someone with a little bit more experience. It's been great. Respect you so much. Like I'm going to go a different direction now, but I still had to kind of hold the consequences of that, which is we're going into a launch with lower numbers. We didn't get the people that we needed on our party. And then the next event, which was our Millionaire Mindset Workshop, the exact same email issues happened again. In business, sometimes your team is going to mess something up, hold that and deal with that. And I understand that it can sometimes feel unfair. It can feel enraging. It can feel frustrating. It can feel whatever. This too shall pass. 
your coach, keep moving and just, I'm sure it'll happen again, like three or four months later. And you just kind of keep rolling with that. And that's just one of those things as a leader and as an entrepreneur, you just have to deal with them. Like that is why you are the boss or the one that holds the shit. And that's just part of the game, I think. And so normalizing that and talking about that, I think helps because then you realize you're not a bad leader. You're not a bad person. This is just something that happens. Let's say it wasn't even a team member that had made the mistake with those emails. Let's say it was an active campaign software issue where there was an outage and nobody could get the thing for this big webinar that we were doing. When we tried to do the encore, we had like a 10% comparative show up rate. Sometimes stuff like that just happens and you're the one that holds the ball. You're the one that holds the consequences and you, you got to keep rolling. People will have different communication styles and working styles and they will have different bad habits but everyone still has to work together as a team and meet deadlines. My OBM is really good at, and I think I'm decently good at this as well, is being hyper aware of how everyone on our team works and how they communicate, kind of building that into the system. And I don't want to say baby proofing, but that's what it feels like. But it's like, we're Sabrina proofing the business. Like, let's say she will kind of ghost, like she'll be in the business one day and then she'll be out the next day. Or Sabrina's bad habit is she takes on too many things at once. How can we be aware of putting 15 things on our to-do list, but she doesn't actually want to do 15 things. She just wants to put them on the to-do list. And what's best for her and what's best for the business is to do five of them. Different people's communication styles and working styles, and then obviously being a leader and kind of coaching them through that to a more kind of like healthy, regulated place, professional places, the vibe. But also keeping in mind that humans are humans. You're not working with robots, AI coming in soon, but we're working with people here. So we need to know how do they talk to each other? How do they communicate? Some people suck at Slack. Some people suck at email. How do we not get pissed about that and proof the business so that we can still hit our goals and still meet deadlines? And that's another big thing that kind of comes up is you might have a big project coming up, but then there is something personal going on with a team member as a business, as a CEO, you still want to hit your deadline. You still want to make your project happen. So there will be times where you are going to have to step into your business. You're going to be sipping margaritas on the beach and you're going to have to step in and take the lead, or you're going to be sipping margaritas on the beach. And then someone unexpectedly gets sick and their kid is sick and they're going to be off for the next week. You have to have a plan to go ahead and handle those situations, but just know that personal affects professional. And if you want to have those long-term team relationships, just know that every single person is going to go through seasons. And so if you ride with those, I think you're going to have those really loyal long-term team members, but I think also you're going to have a better understanding of who are these people on my team? What do they care about and how can I support them? And I have personally have seen a ton of my business, but I also just wanted to quickly talk about team conflict. I have only ever seen this once on my team and it partially came down to communication style, but it also partially came down to what is the word I want to use? It's not that I'm not trying to be mean. It's just that I'm trying to be very fair about the situation. I would say blunt, but also rude. Like it was for sure rude, but I think they just thought it was them being blunt. We had one person years ago who was a bit blunt. And then I had other team members pull me into conversations basically saying, that they felt like this person was being blunt slash rude to them and that it was making them a bit uncomfortable. And so then I had to resolve that situation. It's not something that other than that I've really seen on my team, but I've definitely seen it with clients where 
two team members will be fighting about something or there'll be some sort of disagreement or this person made that person cry. Sometimes it comes down to division of responsibilities where people just don't know like what's my stuff versus what's their stuff. But it is something that kind of comes up. A whole other thing that you have to deal with is I have to go do my Instagram live. I have to answer my clients. And also I have like Amy and Susie fighting about the funnel project, whatever it might be. But it's just one of those things that kind of comes up that is inevitable. And when you're an entrepreneur, I highly fucking doubt that you have an HR department. Although if you do claps, but like you are the HR department, like you are the person that kind of needs to step in and handle that shit is going to happen. You are the HR department. You are the flight attendant. You are the leader. You are the counselor, whatever. Like there's just stuff that happens with running teams and building teams. And these are challenges and people don't really talk about them. I think partially because we don't want to ever vent frustrations about team members. And the reasons for that is that's a really shitty, toxic culture. If you were saying something bad about a team member, other team members are going to hear that and be like, oh my gosh, does Sabrina think that about me too? So you always want it to be like a positive environment, but that's not to say that there aren't challenges. There are absolutely challenges with building and running teams. But the takeaway I would give here is There are going to be challenges and they're going to keep coming back over and over and over again, not because you're doing anything wrong. It is because you're working with people. So the thing to remember is to never make it personal. You're working with people, but it's not personal, right? Think about the process. Think about the system. What is going wrong there? And really lead your people, right? And I think we so often focus on our clients, but it's really about leading our team members and being that example for them and helping them How do they want to grow professionally and personally and get what they want out of life? Something I've said in the past, I have no idea where the fuck I said this, if it was in an interview or email or podcast or whatever. The whole point is not just to get your team to do what you want them to do. It's to help them do what they want to do. That is your job is to help them be their most happy, fully expressed, successful self when you are a leader of a very large ass company, because you're going to have great people in your corner who care about you, who know that you care about them. You've taken the time to pour into them. You've taken the time to really train them up, to teach them how to resolve issues themselves, teach them how to think critically, teach them how to put their best foot forward, teach them that due dates are not start dates, to always just kind of go all in for the for the team and to play as a team, right? And not just be like five different people who kind of work together and submit tasks, but don't actually get the bigger vision. And when you have that, I think that's magic. And also they're going to fuck stuff up and it's going to piss you off. But I think that when you just remember at the end of the day, like these people help me get more of what I want and they want me to be supported and they want to give me what I want is the mindset shift most valuable for me what I'm feeling frustrated about a situation is like they want to support me and just finding people that you really feel like want to support you. They might not always be the best for you. They might not have the skill to support you, but if you find people who want to support you and you pour into that relationship, it will always, always, always pay off. This was chaotic. This was a bit of a rant. I think there was some teaching slipped in here. I hope that this was helpful for you. Definitely best solo podcast episode ever on literally. And I will see you in the next session. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. 
Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.